Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. And we're going through these minor prophets, and we've started with the northern kingdom, the prophets to the northern kingdom. We'll be dealing with them, so we'll be in the book of Joel again. I'll do some review. I'm kind of stuck on a couple things, so I don't know how far I'll get in the book of Joel tonight, but uh, let's say a prayer and we'll jump right in. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your goodness, for your word. I pray, God, that you would show us truth in this word, and we thank you for it and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. So this is Big Little Books. I think this is part five, Joel chapter two, part four. Joel chapter 2, part 4. I've been stuck in Joel chapter 2. but A uh, little review and introduction. Joel 2.23. We read it last time. Deuteronomy 11, Hosea 6. These are scriptures that were used as a foundation for what became known as the latter rain movement. We talked about that a little bit. It grew out of other movements, the first and second great awakenings. Um, what took place in Topeka, Kansas with Charles Parham and at Azusa Street in Los Angeles with, with William Seymour. And, and I'm going to get into those two particular cases a little bit deeper here in just a bit. Uh, every major Pentecostal organization today began, at least organizationally, through the bottleneck of Azusa Street uh, in the modern era. The Assemblies of God, the Church of God, the Church of God in Christ, the ALJC, the UPC, etc., etc. And and I, I mentioned it last time, I always have to say this. People say, well, I don't trace my religious heritage back to Los Angeles, California. I trace my heritage back to the Bible. Well, I do too. Like we all do. But we will, you know, in, in spirit-filled circles, you had this awakening that took place at the beginning of the 20th century that was unprecedented, it's not unprecedented as far as of all time, but in the modern era, it, there were a lot of changes that took place. Grew out of the holiness movement, stuff like that. Just some incredible things that took place. And the, the latter rain movement paralleled the healing movement with the voice of healing and some other things. We, William Branham, A.A. Allen, Jack Coe, T.L. Osborne, Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagin, and on and on. And so often what they did and Parts of what they did are lampooned, and sometimes they're spoken of in a pejorative sense. But those old-timers saw what was happening as people were experimenting, feeling after the Spirit of God, and trying to get a revelation because tradition had frozen out the Holy Spirit. And like when you think, well, that's, that's impossible, the Holy Spirit, you know, that's God. He's powerful. Jesus said, you make of none effect the word of God by your tradition. The spirit of God was on Jesus. He went to his hometown and he could not do many works there because of their unbelief. Now, we don't like to preach about that because we see Jesus, Jesus says, you know, omnipotent. He can do anything. Uh, yeah, but he couldn't do many mighty works in his hometown. Because of their unbelief, their tradition, the way they viewed him. Isn't this just Joseph's boy? And so there are things that can hinder the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and these cats, they're not cats, but you know what I'm saying. 
these folks were seeking after the will of God and they were experimenting and finding some things out. The latter rain, and they got this from Joel, the latter rain. The latter rain fell in Oakdale, Louisiana in the early part of the 20th century. And there was this Church of Christ girl named Edna Bergen who found her way to the outskirts of town under a brush arbor. Now, you might not have any idea what that is, but a brush arbor was just some trees that had been kind of delimbed and, and kind of put up, and then the limbs and, and some, some, you know, I don't know how they did it exactly, but they would put those limbs as kind of a shade, and they would make a building out of these trees, and they would put some logs or some benches. They would make some benches, and it was just a, a very primitive way of, of setting up a sanctuary, and they would preach. And people that were speaking in tongues like that Acts 2 experience in the 20th century, which the traditional institutional church said can't happen, well, those, those folks were getting kicked out of the institutional church, and they felt compelled to go share this message. So they went all over the world, and they came to Oakdale, Louisiana, preaching this message, and they couldn't get in an institutional or a formal building, so they put this brush arbor up on the outskirts of town, and Edna Bergen made her way to that brush arbor in Oakdale, Louisiana. And God filled her with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And then Edna, who her, ma her maiden name was Bergen, her married name was Johnson. She told her husband, Johnny, no middle initial. He gave himself one though, J, Johnny J. Johnson. She, she told her husband, Johnny Johnson, about the brush arbor. And this Catholic boy... Hardcore Cajun Catholic. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hardcore Kuyon Cajun Catholic, right? He goes to the brush arbor, skeptical, mad, and in his overalls, God fills him with the Holy Ghost. And a guy named Robert Lafleur baptizes Johnny Johnson. I just so happen to have a picture of Johnny Johnson being baptized amongst some lily pads right outside of Oakdale, Louisiana by a man named Robert Lafleur, And that picture is on my second album called Common Man. You can go online and check it out if you want, anywhere you get music. But you can see my grandfather, Johnny Johnson, being baptized. And my grandmother, Edna Bergen, brought him. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Church of Christ which were cessationists believing that miracles had ceased, the Roman Catholic Church, whole other animal, and then here you have the Spirit of God falling on these common folks. Common people. Common people. And I want to tell you something. You don't have to be special to be Spirit-filled speaking in tongues. You don't have to be super religious, super elite. It's to you. We're going to see it in a minute. Your children... Those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, the young, the old, the rich, the poor. It doesn't matter where you come from. It's for common people, this baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit fell. That latter rain fell in Oakdale, Louisiana. And with the emergence of these Pentecostal, these Spirit-filled movements, 
You had this awakening to the fivefold ministry, including apostles and prophets. The foundational truths of Hebrews 6, 1 and 2, which is phenomenal. The parallels there. An emphasis on signs and wonders as marks of true revival. Nowadays, it's the size of the crowd. Nowadays, it's the coolness of the lights and the media and the smoke. But in these days, it was measured by, did somebody get healed? Was somebody filled with the Holy Ghost? Were there signs, miracles, and wonders? Were there sinners repenting? Were there sins being revealed that were secret? Oh, I don't know if I want revival or not. Well, that's why you thank God for the, that's why they say, thank God for the blood, right? It washes white as snow. But, but the idea is that miracles and wonders marked revival. Unity was vital. Unity. And yes, there were some abuses, but we wouldn't be here today had it not been for some pioneers back then. Researchers and many within these modern groups believe that modern revival movements are really a continuation of that latter rain movement. And I have to admit, I'm rather fascinated with this. I'm not hung up on numbers, okay? I'm not hung up on numbers, but I do want to share some interesting thoughts with you. I believe God is restoring to the church in the 20th and the 21st century. And I think it needed restoring. You know, the Reformation movement, the Reformation, 1,500 years ago, we just celebrated that a couple years ago, the, the Reformation is sometimes seen as the end-all, be-all, like you had the Catholics, and then, thank God, you got the Protestants, and you had this Reformation. But the Reformation, man, they still had some hang-ups. And many truths of the Word were, were, were locked out. It was, it, was, it was not accessible until you started having these breakthroughs that, that started to have an incredible effect. Now, 120 years ago, 120 years ago, from this past January 3rd, was that three days ago? 120 years ago from three days ago, so January 3rd, 1901, Agnes Osmond, started speaking in tongues in Topeka, Kansas, as the Spirit gave her the utterance. A little over five years later, Azusa broke out in Los Angeles, California, and the world has never been the same. Now, at the beginning of the 20th century, Time Magazine, U.S. News and World Report, they ran these articles that said that Azusa was one of the top 100 cultural happenings that shaped the 20th century because you had nobody virtually speaking in tongues. God's always had a remnant. But virtually, on the radar, you had nobody speaking in tongues. And then today, you have over 600 million who claim to speak in tongues. That is a result of what happened at Azusa Street. And here's what I'm saying. In Matthew 24, 37, Jesus said, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. 
in Genesis 6, 3, speaking of the days of Noah, said this, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Now we looked at this in our journey through Genesis, our series through Genesis. Enoch, who was Noah's great-grandfather, named his son Methuselah, which means after this comes judgment. Methuselah was the father of Lamech, who was the father of Noah. So Methuselah, if you'll recall, died right before the flood, meaning at the end of the 120 years that God's spirit was striving with man through, and, and the, the, the spirit was striving with man through Noah, he was a preacher of righteousness, his faithful adherence to building altars and calling on the name of the Lord. At the end of the 120 years, Methuselah died. Noah entered the ark. God shut the door and the rains came. Again, I don't want to read too much into the 120 years since Topeka, Kansas, but indulge me if you don't mind. God knew exactly when the flood would come. His days will be 120 years. He knew it to the second. He brought the animals to the ark. He brought them to the ark. Seven of the clean and two of the unclean. And, and he brought them to the ark. And when he got them in the ark, he told Noah, now you get into the ark. They got into the ark. Then the Lord shut the door. And then they stayed in there for a while with the door shut and no rain. And then the rain came. Like the Lord perfectly orchestrated that. We've seen this over and over as we've studied the word together. That God gets it down to the millisecond. He knew exactly when the flood was coming. So the bottom line is this. We've seen in the book of Acts. We've seen in Daniel. We've seen in Revelation. That there is an appointed day. And an appointed hour. When the eastern sky is going to split. And Jesus is going to return. Come on now. So could it be that the former rain. was a Started 120 years ago. I'm going to talk about it. You're like, I don't know about all that. I'll give you some more foundation. But could it be that what God started then is ushering us up to now? And we're like, oh, these are perilous times. Seems like my Bible said in the last days, perilous times shall come. We're like, oh, my God, what's all this? Are all this junk going on in the earth? It's crazy. There's violence. It's, it's whacked out, man. It's, everybody's not loving Jesus. Seems to me that my Bible said it in Matthew 24. These signs are going to take place and then the end will come. Could it be that the Spirit of God is moving through the church? But one day soon, y'all, we're going to be raptured out of this place. That spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he dwells in you and he will quicken your mortal bodies at the sound of the trumpet. Why don't you give us a praise right now? We love you, Jesus. Maranatha, even so come quickly, Lord. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Isn't this exciting? Don't you love the book of Joel? These minor prophets to the northern kingdom. Who would have thunk it? So when Peter quoted Joel 2.28 2,000 years ago, because he did, it was already the last days. We'll look at that story a little bit, but it was already the last days. You know? It was already, 2,000 years ago, it was already 
the last days. So how much more are we in the last days? The last of the last days. I'm getting ahead of myself, but he said this, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. God promised to restore what he had taken away in chastisement. The, I love this thought. When the locust finished eating the last stalk and it looked like everything was over, the people turned, repented, and the Lord said, it ain't over. I will restore the years. And, and I've been hung up on this. How, how can you restore years? Well, he's God, yes. and he's not limited to time and space. I love what Charles Spurgeon said about this. It will strike you at once that the locust did not eat the years, right? The locust ate the fruits of the year's labor, the harvests of the fields, so that the meaning of the restoration of the years must be the restoration of those fruits and of those harvests which the locust consumed. You cannot have back your time, but there is a strange and wonderful way in which God can give back to you the wasted blessings, the unripened fruits of years over which you have mourned. The fruits of wasted years may yet be yours. Is that rich or what? Come on. Why don't you receive that as a word? I take that, Lord. I wasted some time. I've wasted some years, but God, those harvests I missed, would you please accelerate them in your own wonderful divine way? Would you pr please bring them? I'm turning my whole heart to you, Lord. Hallelujah. I love that. And, and verse, verses 28 th through 32. It shall come to pass afterward. I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out of my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. The day of the Lord's mentioned a lot in Joel. We've talked about that's God's time. You've had your time. God's going to have his time. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. It shall come to pass afterward. Remember in prophecy there's an immediate application, an intermediate application, and an eventual down-the-road application. The immediate application for this series of prophecies here you could say would be the northern kingdom in a short while after they repented the intermediate application could be years down the road perhaps with the settlements in Judea Galilee when Jesus ministered all over that area and the last day outpouring as I've mentioned we know from Peter the apostle and the 11 standing with him that that last day outpouring in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. It, it's, it was in Acts chapter 2. And it was earmarked by just that, that pouring out of the spirit. And I, I would like to say, uh, I've mentioned it, but maybe that was the 
Maybe that was the former rain, and then what happened at Topeka would be the former rain and the latter rain together. Uh, but I don't believe that the church started so powerfully in Acts 2, and it's going to end anemic with no strength and no spirit and an intellectual enterprise only. I am convinced that is heresy, y'all. That is wrong. What was the church 2,000 years ago is still the church today. If words mean anything, then we should be practicing the orthodoxy and the orthopraxy should be identical as it was 2,000 years ago. Our expectation has been, has been governed down. You ever, you ever rented a U-Haul? And you get in that bad boy, y'all know I drive a fast car. I'm just saying. I drive a fast car. Now, I'm an old man. I drive it slow. But sometimes I get down on it. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in trouble for that. But sometimes. But so I have gotten in a U-Haul that I rented, and I floorboard that thing. And it, like, accelerates to 55. And I'm like, this is all it's got, you know? I mean, it's a, rent, it's a rental vehicle, right? You, you, like, you like to floor it on rental vehicles. I know, y'all. You floor it on that U-Haul, and it's, it's governed to only go a certain speed. We've been governed. The, the devil saw to it that doctrinally we were governed down. Don't expect too much. Don't expect signs, miracles. Don't expect to lay hands on the sick and they recover. You just pray for them, love on them. Doctors going to take care of everything else. That's fine. We got doctors. Ain't no big deal. You got mental issues. It's okay. We're we, we going to pray for you, believe with you, cook, cook, bake you some cookies, and check in with a, a, a doctor that's going to just load you up on some pills and, and going to make you feel better. I'm not against meds. I'm not against doctors. I'm not against medicine. But I want to tell you something. Our expectations are so low. I know a God who said, I'll heal you of all your diseases. I'll not only forgive you of all your sins, I'll heal you of all your diseases. COVID-19, cancer, brain tumors, anything. Nothing is too hard for our God. We need to put our faith and expectation up to the level of the word. Come on now. Give him some praise right now. I love you. And I want to tell you something. You, you may be saying, I want to tell you something. It is, it's, it's easy to rah-rah over that right here and right now. And it's easy for me to rah-rah over it. I got a microphone. And we've got this, this ebb and flow and this call and response. And we know how to do the, the jig in church and, and, and do the whole thing. It's another thing when we're not all in this place and you're in the hospital or you're at a, a loved one's bedside and, and you, have to, you have to put it into practice, the orthopraxy. But I want to encourage you, don't be afraid. Fear not, beloved. Pull out your Bible. I've told you that story many times, but, and I won't tell the whole story, but that time I went in that emergency room in D.C. and prayed for that dude that was in a coma, had a broken neck, that, that couldn't move, that was out of it. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was the most impossible situation. And when I walked in, me and my bud, it was Johnny Garrison's boy. We walked into that room, and, and uh, it, it, was, it was a daunting task. 
tubes everywhere. I, it, was, it was just a, it looked absolutely hopeless. And you know what I did? Not that I'm anybody, but because of my weakness, I, had, I was smart enough to bring my Bible in there. We didn't have phones with apps, you know what I'm saying, back then. This was a long time ago. This was back, you know, prehistoric days. And I, uh, I brought my Bible in, and I opened it to the, to the book of Isaiah. That's where I started. I remember it. And I went to Isaiah 53. And that dude's in a coma. He's, he's totally checked out, obviously on sedated. He was, was gone. And, and they had written him off. And I said, I know you don't know me. My name's Donovan Hill. I pastor a church in Bel Air. And uh, your family asked me to come pray for you. And I'm sorry you're struggling and suffering like this. But I, I just, I'm going to read some scriptures to you. And then I'm going to pray, pray for you. And i tell you why I'm going to read the scriptures to you. Because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I said, you don't have to believe anything right now. But when I get done reading some of these scriptures and talking to you about it, I think faith's going to come to you even right where you are in your spirit. And it's going to come to me as well. And then me and, and my buddy Andrew, we're going to agree together and we're going to pray for you. And so I started reading, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He shall grow up before him a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty. I said, this is speaking of Jesus. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and didn't, we didn't esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And then I said, we're going to go to the book of Matthew chapter 8, and he healed them all that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. And he was, uh, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised, for, and by his stripes we are healed. And, and I said, and then Peter quotes that and says, by whose stripes you were healed. And I said, I just believe healing belongs to you and me, not because you've been good or I've been good, but because Jesus is good. And I said, I'm going to lay hands on you. And I laid hands. I said, come on, Andrew. We laid hands on him. And when I did, the man started shaking and quivering. Every, every alert went off in, in the hospital room. Nurses came in fussing and cussing. And we, our eyes were big. And that old boy walked into our church just a few weeks later. Why? It, there was none of this. There was no hype, but there was word. There was faith. There was Holy Ghost. It was church. Like church, it's supposed to look like. That's not just ministry. That's the common man. That's the common woman. That's Johnny Johnson. That's Edna Bergen. That's Jim Odo. That's any one of you in this house. Give him praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on now. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm, I'm coming to a close. That, that's just, it, it, there's a real, there's just a real comfort. This is a year, and I'm going to be preaching my vision on Sunday, but let me just go ahead and say this part of it. This is a year of the word. Feelings come and go, man. I'm telling you. Feelings come 
and go. I, I don't feel inspired. I did not feel inspired this morning praying for Mickey, to be honest with you. But as we kind of got into it, I got inspired, you know. Whew. It was strong. Uh, but I don't always feel inspired. You're not going to always feel inspired. But, but if, you, if, if the word can ever come alive to you on the inside, not just winning intellectual gospel arguments with the neighboring denomination, but if the word can ever come alive to you on the inside, I, it'll be like you got born again again. Yeah. It's like you get born again again. Like, you know, you got baptized in water, you got filled with the Spirit, like hallelujah, and that's amazing. But if you ever start personalizing that, and, and Jesus said it like this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Word abiding in you, you abiding in Christ. Because you start to become aware, it's not me. He's the source. I'm a branch, he's the vine. And that, Paul, Paul said this to the church at Rome, he said that we've been partakers of the richness of the sap of the root. I love that language. Sap, you know, on the inside of the tree. And we've been grafted in, and, and what's in Christ the head of the church flows to the body, the body of Christ, right? And Christ is not Jesus' last name. You know, Jesus Christ, Joseph Christ, Mary Christ, Jude Christ, you know, James Christ. It's, it's Jesus Christ, meaning Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jehovah, our Savior, the anointed one. The anoint Jehovah, our Savior, the anoint, it's, it's Christ is speaking of the anointing, the body of Christ. No, you're not, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Come on now. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Stand with me right now. I'm commenced to rambling. The Old Testament, and we'll talk about this next time. I'm trying to get through Joel, but I got hung up on this Acts and Joel 2. And in the Old Testament, certain men were filled with the Spirit at certain times for certain duties. It was selective. Joseph was, spilled, was, Joseph was filled with the Spirit of God, Genesis 41. The craftsmen who built the tabernacle were filled with the Spirit of God, Exodus 31. Joshua was filled with the Spirit of God, Numbers 27. The judge, Othniel, was filled with the Spirit of God, Judges 3. Gideon, the judge, was filled, Judges 6. Jephthah was filled, a judge, Judges 11. Uh, Samson, Judges 13 and on and on. Saul, 1 Samuel. David, 1 Samuel. And so in, in Joel 2, it's different. It's, this is a different baptism or filled with the Spirit that was prophesied in Joel 2. And we'll look at that next time with what Jesus said in John 7. This spake of the Spirit, which had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. What happened in the book of Acts was not, here's the bottom line, to the Jews that were in Jerusalem that day for that high and holy day of Pentecost, when their Galilean brothers come streaming out of the upper room like drunk people speaking in tongues, and, and when 
They made the accusations, you know, these are drunk, whatever. And when Peter said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, in the last days, saith God, I'll pour out of my spirit on all flesh. And they start getting this revelation. You mean these people are filled with the Holy Ghost? The Spirit? But they're not priests. They're not prophets. They're not judges. Only the special with a special calling can get that. And it's, it's, a, it's a different filling with the Spirit. But in the mind of those Jews, when Peter said they're filled with the Spirit, they're like, they're just common country folk Galileans. And yet we hear them speak in our dialect. And Peter said, listen, the promise is unto you, your children, those that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Country folk, city folk, rich folk. Johnny J. Johnson in Oakdale. Edna Bergen in Oakdale. Come on. Danny Brand on the West Bank. Russell McIntyre in Sherwood. Come on now. Just common folk. Folks, God has a destiny for this church and for your life. Don't put it down here. Church is just down here on my list of things to do. Make God, seeking God with as a priority. God, I, I got to stop. I, I got to stop. That, that whole thing of repent, be baptized, that's so in line with Joel. Repent. Seemed like I heard that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sackcloth and ashes. Fasting. Anybody been doing some fasting this week? Good Lord Almighty. Fast. Rend your heart, not your garments. If you look at that in context, he said, if you want to know that it's from the heart, fast. That's what he's saying in Joel. You can say, I'm sorry, Lord. And say, well, that's repentance. But that deep stuff that goes to the heart, Put some fasting with it and some mourning with I'm sorry I was so stupid. God, forgive me. Rend your heart with fasting. It'll feel like your heart's being ripped apart, you know, if you go too long. But fast. So repent. Be water baptized. Be filled with this. Just such a parallel. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Father, we love you. We are so thankful for all that you have done for us. God, I'm asking you, Sin revival. And Father, we ask it like we started praying last year. Sin revival at Household of Faith down the street. Sin revival at Healing Place. At First Baptist in Gonzales, Lord. At the Pentecostal churches in this area. Life Point Zachary. Life Point Prairieville. God. At St. John the Evangelist. Sin revival. Mount Zion, sin revival, Lord. Ha ha! Hey! Come on. All races, all nationalities, all tongues. In the Hindu community in Baton Rouge, Father. In the Muslim community in this area, Father. Sin revival. In New Orleans, Lord Jesus. 
Uptown, downtown. West Bank. Marrero. French Quarter. Sin revival, Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.